Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition, episode 30 of Coffee Time with Byron and Brett. I'm your host, Byron. My co-host, Brett, will be here shortly, but I'm proud to introduce on this episode number 30, former UFC fighter, Aaron Simpson. Welcome to the show. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good, Byron. Thanks for having me. Most definitely. So let's hop right to it. You you are one of the many, ton, I, I can say this literally, tons of sun, ton of sons of bitches to fight in the UFC. How hard is it to fight in the UFC compared to other sports? I know, I know that's a tough question to ask, but. You guys literally are tough sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Well, uh, it's a it's a uh, sport that is you know goes back to the beginning of man, I guess, and so you kind of learn a lot about yourself stepping out in another uh, another stepping out against another human being, and and you know getting your hand raised or, or losing. To just by by physically punishing somebody, you know, you don't get that in any other sport. So um, I think you have to be a little different to to understand that, to truly understand it, to actually you know partake in it. Um, getting into fights in general, just like a street fight or something, there's something a little different about somebody that would actually do that. That would, that would you know get that heated where you're actually going to fight with somebody. Um, so to actually bring that as a sport and put it in a cage and, and uh, train for it and learn techniques, whatever. I mean, obviously it elevates it and then you put a little money behind it and make up, you know, have someone make a living out of it. Then it gets super interesting. Interesting. So uh, I, I can't, you can't really compare it to any other sports. There's nothing else like it. I mean, you, you can compare it to wrestling, you can compare it to jiu-jitsu or boxing, whatever, but there's still, um, like I always say, like, like knocking somebody out was the craziest, greatest feeling more than pinning somebody or becoming an All-American or winning a national title or whatever in that regard. Um, just that feeling, especially in front of thousands of fans and on TV or whatever. So things like that really, really make it unique, I guess. Now, how tough is the, how tough is the training and the practicing? I know, I, I know... I've never done it, so maybe you can enlighten me how tough and how difficult is the training and practice for it? Um, I mean, it's as difficult as you want to make it. You know, I mean, we're all we're all subject to, to our own environment, meaning like, you know, some people will not put themselves through a whole lot. And they may think it's tough. There are other people that will murder, you know, murder workouts and, and train, train hard. And they may not think it's tough, but you know, it's all subjective to that. Um, but if you were to just put it against a, a normal human being, who's just going out to get like a, a 30 minute jog or something, it's, it's, it's the, it's insane. You know, what we do or what, what you would do as a fighter with your, with the, the cardio, whatever cardio you're, you're putting into your workouts with the wrestling and grappling that you put into your workouts and with the live sparring, um, let alone everything else that comes into play with diet, you know, with nutrition and, 
and sleep and all that. Like you've got to be pretty regimented. I think that's what's changed these days. I think athletes now are realizing, you know, there's money in the sport. And so you better take it serious. You better not um, squander that opportunity. And, and, I, and I look at like um, Daniel Cormier, he didn't make weight in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. There was no money on the line. There was Olympics on the line, which at that time was, you know, all, all of our, our biggest goals as wrestlers. But when it came time to really provide for his family and make the money that Daniel did, he was able to make 205 pounds. And he couldn't make two, I think it was 211 at the Olympics. Because um, he didn't do it right. He didn't take it, that part of training serious enough. His wrestlers were like, yeah, I'll make weight. I'll run a little bit, lose, you know, sweat a bunch of water out and go. But... Um, I think it, when it came to fighting and money, people took it really serious and really found the science behind it and, and hired, were able to hire people like George Lockhart um, to help them do it, what they need to get done, get that weight down. Now, tell us a little about the audience background that you think are at the events. Do you believe that the crowd is a lot more aware of what you guys do? Uh, typically, because I know back in the early days, nobody knew what a submission, you know, what jujitsu was. None of that was. Do you think fans are more aware of what goes on in the octagon? Of yeah, for the most part. I mean, I think that that's that's the reason why it's becoming more and more mainstream. Fans are becoming educated as to what what's trend, you know, what's taking place out there. It's not just two guys swinging away at each other. Like there's they see legitimate techniques. There are gyms around the U.S. now opening up um, and, 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 and doing with jiu-jitsu and with, you know, striking that it's giving people more of an appreciation for the sport. Like, they realize what combinations are because they did it in their, you know, whatever punching fitness class because it's being taught a little more legitimately than just going, you know, tie bow or whatever the crazy workouts were back then. Now it's like you're, you're getting some of that. Um and we're seeing it on ESPN, we're seeing it in the highlights on SportsCenter. So the fact that, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more mainstream and more and more accepted, um, people are becoming more and more educated. And then, of course, we have kids that have been seeing this since the, you know, late 90s or early 2000s. And now they're coming up through and now they're, they're adults. And so they've been living with this sport. It wasn't like when it came out in 96 and again in 2004, where it was people like, what the hell is this? It's human cockfighting. Uh, now it's, you know, we've, we've gone through the cycle and now we've got a generation that was raised with this sport and uh, is obviously also taking to it. Now, uh, I've got to ask you this. I've, at, I've asked the other two MMA fighters I've had on, two that you fought, you know well, um, Mark Munoz and Mike Pierce. You fought them both. So mm -hmm. I've got to ask, like I asked them, how did the fights go pay-wise? How did management do your fights do they pay how they pay you like did they pay you fair or they release you too early how how did that play about um yeah i don't think it was i don't think it was necessarily fair um it is what it is whatever fair means whatever your definition of fair is um i did sign a contract i knew what, what i was up for there was no negotiating with them um, the only people that get to negotiate the UFC, and I don't even know if they get to, are the champs. Mm -hmm. You know, if you win, a, you win a title, then you have some power. 
But even look at John Jones. Like he's trying to pull, he's trying to pull his weight, and they they don't care. And Dana's gone on record saying, like, I don't need John Jones, and really doesn't. I guess I don't know. Um, they've made it this far. They don't, and and when they keep that type of power, when they hold the power, um, they're able to tell you what what you get paid. You know, you win the UFC title and you go in and they write you a check for a million bucks to keep you and to make you happy when you're worth much, much more than that. Um, but you've never seen a million dollars. You've never seen over, you know, $50,000. So it changes your life at that point. You're going to do what you're going to do. Um, I know there are, you know, groups out there trying to change and trying to organize and trying to, uh, trying to, speak up for fighters and, and fighters rights and with the Ollie Act and, and all the stuff that um, that they're doing, but it could take a while for that to happen. I agree with you on that. So let's get into your career. You started in the WEC. Uh, can you tell me about your debut in the WEC and who you fought? Um, yeah, so I fought a guy by the name of David Avion. I don't know why, you know, my memory's going now these days, but uh, it was so long ago. And I think I had like three fights in, and I, was, I took him, took his, took the fight on a two-week notice. Um, it had to be 2010, maybe. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I'll fight him. And they're like, yeah, they got this opportunity to fight. And it was for like 5,000 to show, 5,000 to win. Mm. And that was, you know, pretty big money considering I was fighting for thousand bucks to show a thousand win or that you know so i'm like yeah okay i'll do it well a hurricane was coming through florida where the fight was going to be and they postponed it they, they they shut it down and we didn't which was good for me because you know i got, got more time to train um and really prepare for this guy david was a black belt he had some wrestling he was uh pretty proud about his wrestling if i remember and then and, and he was a black belt jujitsu and i think he's still got a gym down in miami or uh, and he's and he's you know, high-level jiu-jitsu uh, instructor down there. So I got seven more weeks of training or something, and then I fought, you know, I, I flew out to uh, to Florida, and I took the fight and went out and threw overhand right, knocked him out in 17 seconds. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I'd never knocked anyone out at that point. That was my fourth fight, and realized that I could do this a little bit. Like, I was actually... Hey, it was fun as heck to knock somebody out. Uh, it was televised on like the Versus channel back then. Yes, it was. Yep. Yeah, one of those channels. And then uh, and then I like, got like fight of the night or knockout of the night or some type of bonus. So I think I made like 15 grand in a matter of 17 seconds. I mean, obviously it was a couple months worth, but, and I had, I had kids at the time. I had twin babies at home, so I, I really needed to provide for them. Um, and from there, I was... The UFC just bought the WEC, or Zufa did, and so we moved all into, we moved all up um, into the UFC. So my fifth fight was in the UFC against the guy who I trained with in Arizona Combat Sports, and Tim McKenzie. And so Tim had moved; he moved out to California. I think he was training with Mark Munoz at the time, maybe up in the Bay Area. Yes, um, yep, I remember Munoz saying that. Yep. Yeah. So you know, I'm. I'm uh, now I'm my first fight in the UFC, and they're like, hey, you're going to fight Tim McKenzie. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good first fight. I, I know Tim. We trained together, and he was a tough dude, but he was no not on the level of me as far as the years and years and years of, of competition and then, of course, the sport of wrestling. I mean, I, 
I, I, I felt like I could, at that point, I felt like I'd be anybody. Just be, you know, my ignorance was just like, I, I would need your right hand and the ability to take somebody down or not get taken down. Right. Um, and then I had to learn even more after that. But yeah, it was Tim McKenzie. It was my, set, or my first fight in the UFC. Now, um, were you guys well aware of the transition? Because it says right here it was, uh, the transition was from light heavyweight and middleweight to the UFC and you made your debut that night at UFC fight night against him, as you said, but were, were you well aware? Did they tell you that the, that they were transitioning, uh, from that you guys were transitioning from WEC that they were being bought out by UFC? Did they tell uh, you? Go, going in? Uh, no, not going into the WEC. I don't recall knowing that. Um, but I don't, maybe, I don't remember. Maybe there was talks that they were. That I can't remember exactly if Zufa had already bought the WEC at that. Zufa had owned the WEC at that time. Maybe they're just going to cancel them out because they were going to bring all the lightweights up. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the smaller weights, and so yeah, that happened right then. I mean, I was a part of all that, which is kind of neat. It was, it's you know, so many little groundbreaking moments along the way of, of mixed martial arts and UFC, and you know, I was on one of those WEC. It's pretty cool that I got to be in the WEC, really, because. A lot of great fighters like Donald Cerrone and, and Anthony Pettis, some of these Uriah guys. Faber. Uriah Faber came out of like, came out of uh, Dominic Cruz came out of the WEC. So it's kind of you know gives me a little bit of pride that I actually got to fight in that blue cage, and it was a, it was a really neat show. Um, it's, it's one more little thing I get to chalk up on my uh, things I've done in my life. So then your second fight was supposed to happen on UFC Fight Night 19 against Dan Miller, but got moved to UFC 102 again, uh, but got moved to... Ed Herman. Yeah, and you fought, yep, where you fought Ed Herman. What do you remember about that fight? Um, first, I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to be in a war with, with uh, Dan Miller. We never fought. We never got to fight. Um, I thought I'd fight him down the road, but he was one that I was excited to fight because he also had wrestling background and was a tough dude, a guy I really respected, just his, his career and his, the way he fought, um, as I did Ed Herman. And I knew who Ed Herman trained with. I knew Ed Herman's background there out of Oregon. I fly to Portland to fight him then basically in his backyard. Um, and he was getting trained by Matt Lindland, who a good friend of mine and someone who I kind of idolized and looked up to in his wrestling career. And I'd known him since I was in high school and he was in college. So that was all, it's just kind of a small world that we were in anyway. Um, I went out and had a really good fight with Ed. He ended up tearing his ACL and a knee on a takedown that I had, where I threw it, I threw a punch and like double legged him and wrapped his leg with my, like a trip and blew his knee out. Um, which I wasn't going to stop after that. I was kept trying to hit him, uh, and he tore his knee, and then he didn't come out of the corner. I don't think the second after the second because it was so bad. So I was getting him pretty good, and I felt like I was going to eventually, if he wouldn't have torn, I felt like I was going to beat him regardless. But um, you never know. I mean, that, that that's a crappy thing to have happen to you in the middle of a fight yeah. where you can't even go on. Well, yeah. Look at what happened with. Uh, I'm sure you still watch UFC. Look at what happened to Chris Weidman couple UFC pay-per-views ago yeah he went to go kick and tore his leg yeah yeah I mean, brutal. Brutal. So, same thing that he same thing he did uh, to Anderson Silva so yeah yeah it's kind of kind of crazy how that happened to him and he did a teach it to a legend like Anderson so then it went so then your next fight you went on to face Tom Tom Waller who's a badass 
I thought mm-hmm. he was always related to Robbie Waller, but nope, not nope, he's not. <laughs> but he's also a badass as well. So you you win that fight by controversial split decision. Did you think you won that fight, or do you think he won it? Oh yeah, yeah, I thought I won. Um, we had a war. I mean, he landed some good strikes on me, but you know, I did what I needed to do to, to get the win. I, I, I definitely thought I won two to three rounds. Um, he would dispute that, obviously, um, but it, it is what it is. Like that's that's a long time ago, and uh, you know, Tom's gone to do some pretty cool things. Like he's like trying to get in the WWE, or who knows what he's doing. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I heard about that. He's trying to pull a Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. So hey, it might work for him. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, but. You then face Chris Lieben at UFC 114, but instead it took place at the Ultimate Fighter, Team Liddell, and Ortiz. What do you remember about that fight and facing Chris Lieben, who is also another badass in the middleweight division at the time? Well, man, I trained really good for that, but I, you know, I was in between gyms. We we left Arizona Combat Sports and we were starting our own gym, but we didn't get it done in time, so we were up at another gym in Scottsdale. Um, I was flying out to train at AKA with, uh, with Josh Koscheck like every week. I was heading out there, um, leaving my family, which was a rough one. I did that for like eight weeks. So I was back and forth, back and forth. And mm-hmm. felt really good though. Like had some good rounds with Josh out at AKA and, um, I was training really hard with a guy by the name of Brian Davis, who, who had this training room. It was me, Henry Cejudo, Brian Bader, C.B. Dalloway. We would, we'd get together and we'd run these treadmills. And man, I was firing all cylinders. I um, stepped into the cage and kind of put it on, on leave in the first round. Um, dropping him, you know, took him down, punching, hit him with some hard stuff. and felt untouchable. And man, I, I came out in the second round and I was done. It was the weirdest feeling. It was uh, adrenaline dump, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if it was that. I know I was in shape, um, but I I just felt like completely lethargic and I was out of it. Um, And so he hit me pretty good. I stumbled, kind of fell and stumbled against the cage and stood up and the ref called it off, which I thought I was fine. I go, I'm fine. What are you doing? And he looked at me like, oh crap, I messed up. And I was, I mean, I needed a little time to recover. And Chris was walking across the cage you know, he was getting he was getting ready to get me even more. Um, so who knows? Maybe the ref saved me. Um, maybe I could have continued to fight back. But geez, Chris was freaking tough as hell. I think he fought two weeks later um, and, and beat uh, Japanese guy. It was it was. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name right now. I know uh, Sakuraba or somebody. Yes, he was yeah. he was. It was something was, of that name, yeah. Yeah, he was leaving was was a bit of a freak. I mean, maybe tested positive for some stuff that was in his system. So yeah. who knows? I know I hit I hit Chris with everything I had, and it stunned him. He said after, like, man, dude, that guy really hits hard. But thanks for not falling over. So before I get into your next fight, now you mentioned I got to ask you then when you because you just said about ref stoppage. Do you feel as a fighter when you know you can go and then the ref stops it early or? Do you think the ref knows right away, oh, this man is in trouble, I need to stop the fight? How how does that go in a fight? I don't know. I mean, I've never ref a fight, I guess, but um, I don't know. I know that at the same ref with Brock Lesnar and uh, 
dude from Colorado. I can't even slip in my name right now. Um, Mir? No, it wasn't Mir. It was anyway. He was he was beating Brock. He was beating the brakes off of Brock. And Brock, he should have called the fight. And Brock was the champ. And he uh, he kept going and hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. And should have called the fight. And then he let it get it out of the first round. And then Brock went back to his corner, recovered, and came back, and won the fight. So I'm like, man, maybe <laughs> maybe he learned his lesson from me, you know, because he called my fight the week or the week before and uh, called me two sins. And he was like, I gotta let this guy hang in there a little bit. <laughs> so now let's get on. After that, let's get on to your next fight. I want to hear more about this one. I got. I got into a little bit with Mark himself. Your next fight was November 20th, 2010 at 123 against him, and you lost him, lost to him, unanimous decision. Take us through that fight. Yeah, Mark, uh, Mark and I have been friends for a long time. We trained together. We trained together prior to that, like when we were both wrestling coaches and we were talking about getting into this you know this mma stuff and, and he was doing it so we kind of we were in detroit at the NCAA tournament as coaches he was at uc davis and i was at cal poly at the time mm-hmm. and we trained and talked about it at the arena that we fast forward to that we fought in several years later which is a kind of crazy story um mark outstruck me i mean i took him down a lot more than he took me down um I don't know if he took me down, but I took him down five times. Um, and then I also, and he, but he outstruck me, you know, and that was, that's kind of the name of the game, I guess. So that was another one that, that it was hard to do. I remember thinking like, man, am I going to be like, I just might got my own head. Like, am I going to be able to hit Mark? Am I going to be able to elbow him if I need to? And, and which is the stupidest, craziest thing I <laughs> should have been thinking at the time. And, and I'm sure he was thinking the same, you know, I'm thinking about, man, he's got kids and he needs this. I got kids. It's just a really weird thing. Um, I think that's changed these days. And, you know, the sports evolved and you learn, like, yeah, you're going to fight friends. And it is what it is. Might as well go play basketball against them. Same thing, you know, one-on-one and, and see who wins that. So I just maybe approached that a little bit wrong, but Mark's a freak, you know, and he, and, and he was that close to being the champion in the world, in my opinion, in that weight class. You know, we were all really close, I think, at... It, it, at middleweight, um, that you know, that's, that's kind of it with Mark. Now, are, are, now I saw earlier on Twitter, uh, are you still training his kids or? In the- no, 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 his son wrestles at Arizona State University, which is, you know, three miles from my house. And, and, and uh, Trey's been there this year. And, and so they, you know, they've been his family you know, if they would want to come out, I, I just invite them. Like, you can stay with us. We got we got room, we got a big house, so you can crash here if you want to get a hotel and be. You know, obviously, COVID kind of threw a wrench into everything this past year, but we'll see if he takes me up on it. Yeah, he will. I yeah, I see it. He's a nice guy, and you guys still remain friends to this yeah, day. So. Yeah, yeah, Mark's with us. Uh, so then you return at UFC Fight Night 24 in 2011 to face Mario Miranda. And you won that fight. What do you remember most about that fight? Um, so I think that's the fight where I got the record that I recently found out that I had for most takedowns at, at yep. middleweight. Yep, that's um, what it says here. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, I took him down a bunch. And did, you know, he was in a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, I needed the win. I was coming off of a loss. I didn't. 
So I was trying to figure out a strategy to make sure I got that second check because it sucks like training all that time and making 15 grand as opposed to 30 or wherever I was at the time on my contract. So, you know, you kind of got that fight out of me and I was thinking like, man, if I was getting paid $100,000 for this fight within, yeah, I'm going to let it, I'm going to, and I'm not going to be cut. I'm going to fight my butt off. But they really put... At that time, and I don't, I don't know what the guys are getting paid now, but it, to me, they put fighters in a in a in a in a crazy position because they're making you fight to get that next check. So you're gonna do whatever it takes to 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 get your hand raised, whether it means you know holding someone against the fence or taking them down, holding them, um, and not necessarily finishing or whatever, trying to finish, but. Um, it just it just kind of changed my attitude because I, I needed that you know I, I had people to provide for back home so I didn't um, approach it how I probably should have to remain in there and be an exciting fighter like I started out doing like everything switched for me because I needed that second check. Now I remember this one you were supposed to fight Jason Miller at 132 but he ended up being a coach with Michael Bisbing in the Ultimate Fighter 14. So then they switched you to face Brad Tavares and you won by unanimous decision. What about that fight? Did you take him down a lot as well? Uh, yeah, I tried. He was a, he, He's a freaking really good athlete. Um, I think I held him against the cage more than anything. Another one that I tried to, I just need to get the win. And I knew how dangerous he was. He could hit, you know, he was young. He could hit hard. Um, but I really wanted to fight Mayhem Miller, and that's that's where I kind of got screwed on that one, I think. So, and he talked his way into getting the Ultimate Fighter show, and it is what it is. I mean, he didn't deserve that. He didn't. To me, he was not very good at all. Anyway, he was good at talking, but it's another story. Yes, uh, CV Dollar ended up beating him up anyway. But um, yeah, Brad Tavares was really good. I mean, he's still fighting the UFC now. He was, you know, a. a a tough athlete. I knew he was going to be tough. Um, I was surprised how good he was at defending my takedowns that I can usually get most anybody with. And he was, was able to stay on his feet against the cage. So I had to close the distance, get a hold of him because he, he hit hard. Now, another good friend of the show that also fought you, Mike Pierce, you fought, you guys fought at October 5th, 2012 at the UFC on FX five show. Um, did you have a funny feeling? Did you know that the UFC was not going to renew your contract after that fight? I, I knew going in. I knew, I mean, we, we were told, like, it's either you or Mike, and whoever wins, you know, stays in. I'm like, oh, God, well, all right. And 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 that's kind of how he was, you know, the, the, the matchmaker. Um, it, it was a, a crappy thing to, to put us in. We were both, I mean, they, they wanted to put us in the first fight card and then I guess people were talking and Twitter or whatever but it got moved to the televised part of the card because people didn't want to see us fight mm-hmm. regardless of what you know they thought the UFC thought um, and that was my second fight down at 170 so I had to cut hard I didn't make 170 so, since I was in high school you know so it's been <laughs> many years that you know back that I was actually that light and so I did everything and was in phenomenal shape and was shredded and was probably two and a half percent body fat. I remember cutting weight with Mike in the sauna and he's in there and and he's crying. He's just being a big baby. I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. I can't wait to get my hands on him. I can't stand him. He was just whiny. Like, and he's, and I'm shredded. Like, I'm the one that should be dying. I mean, he had like 
baby fat on him. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting there next to him. We didn't talk. We didn't really know each other. Um, didn't like each other at the time, I'm sure. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill this guy. And then, and then you know, I, I, I got to, I kind of had my way with him the first round. Um, and then came out second round. And instead of sticking to a better game plan and trying to take him down, I threw an overhand right. And he stuck me, caught me with an uppercut, like perfect timing. And uh, no, I don't even, I, I don't even know if I've watched it. Yeah, um, you know what's funny? He said, now that you bring that up, he was like, I forget the name he gave you, but he told me that fight that you guys had, he will always remember that fight because that that he made fight of the night honors for knocking you out that night. Yeah, yeah, bastard. <laughs> now, Mike, Mike's cool. I'm, I'm, you know, Mike and I have never hung out, but um, we, we talk on Twitter, and I'm sure someday we will get to, hopefully, yeah. Uh, I'd love to, because um, he's pretty funny. We go back and forth. We've got, we've got some similar views. He's um, he is an, a a big proponent of eating animals and killing animals, and I am a big proponent of not doing that. And I know he gives me shit on that, and and uh, that's his own insecurities because he's a little he's really short. He's kind of a little midget. So when you're really short, you, you gotta you gotta stick up and good. Like, I'm a big tough meat eater. No, I'm just kidding, Mike. Don't cry. Um, yeah, someday we'll get to hang out. And, Definitely. And, and yeah, hey, hey, he's one hell of a guy. I love talking with him. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So then you went on to try it up in the World Series of Fighting. Tell me about that. Was it a. What, this is what I was trying to get through with Mike Goldberg, but he didn't understand what I was trying to say. The World Series of Fighting, is this like a sister, was this like a sister show to UFC that was fighting against no. competition for UFC? What was it? Uh, no, it was just another show that, that they tried to get off the ground. I think it, it became, eventually became the, the PFL that's going on now. Oh, okay. I think there's some similarities between how it got bought and merged or whatever, but I, that was a mistake. I should have never taken that fight. I was done mentally at that point. Um, was, you know, you always if you stay in it too long, you end up having that one fight. Like, I should have done that. I was dumb. I was kind of half-ass training. I was half in and half out. I'm like, oh, I'll go do it. They're 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 paying me pretty well for it, so I'll go. And, but I cut cut down to 170 again, which you know when you don't have any when you when you're getting down that that like I got hit hard at middleweight um, and didn't didn't get knocked out or anything. And here I'm getting knocked out twice now at welterweights because I didn't have any water in my brain. Um, you know, you suck all that out and then you try to get it back in you in 24 hours. Not a smart thing. You know, your equilibrium's off, you get hit and you're out, you're sleeping. So that was a mistake. I probably should have stayed up at, at middleweight. Um, I just, you know, I fought a guy at that weighed, I think he said 217, 219 at middleweight. Um, when I was weighing about 195 pounds, so and I and I stepped out and, and I could feel his weight. I dropped him, um, and but you know that size just like just wore on me a little bit. So I was like, man, these middleweights are big. I stood next to Chris Weidman. I'm like, God, he's so freaking big. But I, that was my mistake. I should stay the middleweight. So tell me, how'd you get the nickname A Train? Ah, goes back joke that a buddy of mine and I had we were we'd go work out late at night in the wrestling we were both wrestling at ASU I was his coach actually well he was done he was uh Kellen Flugager he was a uh 
NCAA All-American heavyweight, and then I was his coach, and then he tried to, to wrestle freestyle. We both wrestled freestyle. We'd go up late at night, we'd be talking smack, and he's like, I think he's called me the A train. He goes, I'm gonna ride the A train today or something, and you know, take him down. And just stuck and with you, days, he just kind of stuck, and then I figured I'd use it. It was catchy enough. Now, looking, looking back at your career, uh, how close do you think you were to fighting for a championship? Um, well, I wasn't, I wasn't close enough. I, I did not approach it how I should have. Um, guys did get titles that I felt like, or shots of titles, or titles that I felt like I could beat or um, deserve to compete against, like, like a Chael Sonnen. Like, I don't think Chael was in my, in my league as a fighter, but Chael was good at one thing, and that was promoting himself. I mean, he's the originator before Conor McGregor, before any of those guys. Chael got up there um, and, and, and let his words speak. And he went out and he backed it up, too. I mean, Chael was good. Um, but he also got a lot of title shots and he got a lot of big fights because people hated to watch him fight or, you know, wanted to see him lose or wanted to see him win. Um, he put himself in that position. That's something I didn't do. And, you know, that's maybe the biggest thing that my biggest regret um, in that sport is is not not getting on that bandwagon. Just wasn't me at the time. You know, as a wrestler, we're, we're raised to can coach to get your hand raised, run off the mat, get ready for the next match. N not look at me, look at me, look how great I am. You know, I can beat up anybody in the world. It's a pretty humbling sport, the sport of amateur wrestling. And so when you learn that and that's, that's in you, that's ingrained in you, like I didn't, could have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm can be pretty witty and come up with stuff, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't use it in that regard, and I, I probably should have. Um, I should have backed. You know, and I, I could have backed it up even more too. But it is what it is, I guess, at this point. So, besides from Sonnen, who would you have loved to fight in your division? Um, <clears throat> Damian Meyer would have been a fun one at that time. Um, I was kind of offered it in the middle of the fight, and then I don't know what happened. It didn't come through, and Chris Weidman got, got that fight. Um, yeah, I think Chael would have been a really fun one, though. Um, I don't know if Anderson Silva would have been a fun fight. That dude was so good that oh yeah, I would have approached him. I would have definitely approached him differently. Um, ben Askren, Ben Askren would have been a fun one to beat up. Yes, um, yeah, because he just got his ass kicked by freaking Jake Paul or whoever. Yeah, his yeah, was. yeah. Ben, Ben had been knocked out in our gym a couple times at Arizona Combat Sports and I've known Ben and I think he's quite possibly the worst athlete to ever perform in mixed martial arts uh, but he's a good wrestler I mean he was a really really good wrestler I just think the sport of mixed martial arts didn't fit him um, and people just respected his wrestling so much and, and, and he kind of made his way with that but man he could not punch his way dude could not punch he couldn't strike now who would you have wanted to go up in the division and fight or down in the division and fight, who would you have wanted to fight? Um, I do want to fight any of them. I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's no there's no one that would have been... I think Donald Cerrone, I guess, maybe would have been a fun one. I mean, that guy just gets out there and goes. Uh, Randy, and, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't say Randy Couture. Nah, I don't want to fight Randy. Aw, oh, come on. You don't think you could have had him? 
Uh, it would have been fun. Yeah, I think it'd be a great fight. I think it could have been Randy, but shit, he's I think a you guys could have. He's a he's a fellow wrestler. I think you guys could have yeah. gone to the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, those are all like fantasy fights, I guess. And Brock Lesnar, then everybody's gonna start naming. You know, who I would never fight would be Kane Velasquez. Well, they, yeah, okay, I agree with that one. <laughs> the scariest man in the, you know in the world i mean and, and having coached him at asu and having seen the way he trained um and another one would be ryan bader like that dude's bader's scared he's jacked up yeah and he's good like he's just he he he, he runs uh he lives his life the way he should he's he's a professional and and does the things he needs to do to uh to, to obviously be the champ champ of the world in bellator so I, I've, I've got to ask you then now, um, what what do you, what do you, what do you think the difference in promotions are? I know now is Bellator. What uh, there's a one, there's a pro fighting league at Victa, UFC. I, which one do you see competing most with UFC? Uh, I'm not going to say run them out of business. But who do you see competing most with UFC? You're not going to say run who out of business. I'm, I'm not going to say run UFC out of business because that's going to be impossible to do. They're a multi-billion dollar business. Yeah, I, don't even know why, I don't even know why you say in the first place. That ain't happening. Um, yeah, Bellator is the next biggest thing and they've got money. They've got their, you know, they're still owned by Viacom. Um, they're doing big things over there. They've got great fighters. They've got a great... You know they're building fighters, and they've they're obviously they've gotten some 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 fighters from the UFC that have made their way over to Bellator. Um, ben Ben Henderson, Ryan Bader uh, are are two that are the forefront of my mind, the Arizona guys. But we got a lot of great dudes, you know, now in Bellator, and there's more and more fighters. And it, it'd be cool to see like John Jones come jump ship and come over to Bellator, but you'll never beat that marketing name of UFC like people don't they don't know that it, the sport is mixed martial arts call it UFC train UFC so you know that that right there they they the genius marketing behind that is is and and it's on sports center now like people don't even know what mixed martial arts is but they know UFC they don't even know what UFC chance stands for yeah that's true that's true you're right about that um now yeah. I gotta ask you is there any 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 rivalry that you had with a fighter that you would have loved to fight but you didn't get a chance to fight that you had a rivalry with? Um, no, but I mean Jason Miller. I think we we got to we were talking back and forth a little bit on Twitter, and I and I looked forward to to, to shutting him up a little bit. Like I did not care for him at all. Um, so I was, but. That was really it. I mean, I didn't necessarily have a rivalry with anybody um, out there. Maybe that was a problem. But you know, the times have changed. There's, there's more. You know, more people on this talking to each other and and and, and getting fights started and 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 saying craziness and putting videos out there, or whatever that are getting people excited and pumped up. I mean, look at look at the Paul brothers. What they're able to do with. with with the talk, you know, the the, the, the crap talking and, yeah. you know, fighting Mayweather. You don't get to fight the greatest fighter of all time unless you have a phone and you're able to take it. And you know, Woodley. You that was just announced too, Woodley, former UFC yeah. fighter. Yeah, Woodley and the other brother. So, 
I mean, that's that. It's not. That's not necessarily uh, what we went through before, but that's where we are now. Now, I want to ask you about Conor McGregor. What do you think about him? And do you think the UFC kind of has babied him a little bit? I mean, with what he's been doing, like behind the scenes, getting in fights, out, you know, what do you, what do you think of him as a man and a fighter? Would Do you think he's disrespected the sport outside of the octagon? Uh, no. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about him, you know. I mean, he, he's had some some issues were gone out and I don't know and, it, and you know they got pulled whether it was some type of altercation with a female um, yeah that, that that's embarrassing to him and his family I'm sure um, the UFC I don't know overly cares because he's in the news if it, you know good or bad he's in the news and he's out there talking and people are excited and he got a fight with Floyd Mayweather Mayweather so it's all about money at that point with that guy. Um, I don't know, Connor. I I, I hear he's actually a, a pretty good guy when you talk to him, and, and he's he seems really down to earth. He just a, he's a self promoter. Like he knows he he took what Chael did and and ramped it up and backed it up, and that 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 was big with Connor. Um, I do feel like you know them giving him Chad Mendez on a week's notice or whatever, Chad went out there to fight I think was <sighs> you Chad had to take it but you give Chad a full training camp he's beating the crap out of Connor during that fight um, if he's not Chad he went in the in the league with Connor but you give him one week's notice Connor can beat him um, Chad handled him and then just got exhausted because he was out hunting or something you know wasn't, he wasn't preparing for that fight Connor I think has had some of those um, he's obviously gotten gotten his butt beat by uh by one of the brothers there, you know, um, one of the Diaz brothers. So he's he's had his share uh, of whoopings, and and now he's he's still he's still relevant. He's still getting getting his name out there and doing it. And you know, I he still obviously enjoys a fight. I don't think he has to fight anymore. I think he's financially set, <laughs> and his family is forever. So he still loves it. You know, misses it. I'm sure. And 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 we'll get back out there and we'll compete. You know, you just can't take that out of somebody. Now, a lot of people are saying the greatest fight in UFC history was uh, Stephen Bonner and Forrest Griffin, Ultimate Fighter 1. You personally, what would you say is the number one UFC fight in history? Um, Frankie Edgar, Gray Maynard was unbelievable, and I was in attendance for that. Um, I think Dan Henderson and Shogun... Both fights I was in attendance for. I think anything Henderson did was phenomenal. You know, I can remember those ones. I mean, there were obviously others that are that were phenomenal, but if, if you don't, if you don't know those Shogun uh, Henderson fights, there go look them up because they were freaking ridiculous. Um, and then Graham Maynard when he fought Frank Edgar for the title in Vegas, uh, Mandalay Bay, I think, or no, 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 it, it, it was. Uh, MGM. Anyway, it was unbelievable. Gray, you know, was was he had the he had the title in his hands and then got knocked out. It was just I don't know if he got knocked out, but got beat. It was just ridiculous. Now, with a lot of names 
retiring that made the UFC UFC. Do you think a lot of fans, even though there's still a lot out there watching it, do you think a lot of fans have lessened and lessened on the sport, considering the fact that all these big time names, Randy Couture, all these old guys are finally are finally gone from the sport, like Waddell and all that, and Ortiz and Shamrock. Do you think that's lessened the sport a little bit of the attendance? Uh, no, I, I think it did get a little watered down. I think there's, uh, you know, they opened it up to all the country, all the foreign countries. So there, are, in, in the U.S., we don't we don't know. You know, we're, we're we pretty much only think our world exists and in, in, in you know in, in the, the the state. So by bringing it, you know, all these other countries in, I think that um, watered down the talent level. But it's 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 in full stream like it, it's going it's there's there there's still i thought there was a time when they were doing that and they were cutting people that they were building names and fighters but that's uh, something that can't be stopped at this point I, I feel like you know you know who you know who the bigs are what i liked about the old times like fighting on ufc you know pay-per-view ufc 102 like it was the only fight for a couple months or whatever it was at the time like you kind of as a fan you look forward to these fights and you look forward to every fight because you knew everybody on the card you know you knew all all 12 fights you knew all 24 fighters however many there were at the time um now like i'm, I'm lucky to know the main event or you know the, the co and the main event after that i don't know any of these guys and i don't follow it like like crazy fans do or should but I do feel like it's been, you know, watered down a little bit. And there was a time there where there was like a UFC every, you know, and there was like six UFCs in a month or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, we, we don't necessarily look look forward to like everyone getting together and getting a pay-per-view and meet at someone's house and watching that big fight. We get that in boxing still every once in a while. And there's still a lot of boxing, but the main big ones people get together for UFC, I guess, there are some big cards. I and mean, they did have a real huge one the other day that I was impressed with, but... For the most part, we don't know a lot of the fighters. What trilogy fight would you like to see end their trilogy? Oh, uh, God, I don't know. Gotta, you got to bring some up for me. Well, let's see. We've got, I believe, Shamrock and Ortiz have fought. Well, Stipe. Didn't okay. Stipe have one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd like to see Stipe get a shot. Get a, get a shot back at that title. You know, I think he earned it. Um... I think that'd be a good one. I think Jones, um, I think Jones and I think, um, I think they're trying to get uh, Cormier back from back uh, from the announce booth because uh, I think they fought twice <clears throat> and they both won one. So they're trying to get Cormier, that. Cormier never beat Jones. I thought he did. I could have sworn he did once. Jones, Jones never been beat. Oh, okay, well, well, a lot except of people. Except for a down elbow that was wrong. I just heard. That's what I heard. I heard rumblings. I don't know if this is true because I personally, I I don't get pay per view, so I haven't been able to see. Oh, right. Yeah, so I this is just what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that they would like to have another fight with them too, but I don't see it if he's fought them both. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. So, um. Yeah. But yeah, so what else are you doing nowadays now that you're not fighting? Are you still coaching? Yeah, I was coaching at a high school the last three years. Um, 
it's been fun. My kids are, are getting a little older now. My son's going to wrestle next year in junior high, so I've got that to look forward to getting going. But they're both really active in their sports, so that's kind of what I do right now. If you were told by the UFC to do an announce job, would you do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got my degree in broadcast journalism, and I've done a little bit of that. I've been on the mic a bunch of times. we got a radio show right here in the Valley in Phoenix. So, yeah, I, I would, but I don't know if that's happening. <laughs> so, what? now I got to ask about the camps. Obviously, you got one in Arizona. I think it's, what, top team? Isn't top team down there in Arizona, I think? Nope. Which one? Which one you have in Arizona? There's, is a, I can't remember. I don't know. There's so I many teams know. out there. You gotta come more prepared to these meetings when you start just <laughs> saying stuff. You talking about Florida? You talking? About, you think Arizona's Florida? No, I, 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 I'm just like there's so many teams out in my head right now. I know. I'm sorry. Now the lab is here in Glendale with Ben Henderson. And them. Um, the labs are great. To me, one of the best gyms in the U.S. Um, and then Fight Ready's got a gym with Henry Cejudo, and they're doing great things up there. And then there are some, there are several other, you know, smaller little gyms like Arizona Combat Sports. You're still, you know, everyone's going to put somebody out. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Um, so now I got to ask you about your, um, I was seeing this. Uh, if you don't mind me doing this, you... Um, you said you had your twins, and this was, um... Hey, I gotta wrap this up real soon. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna text here. No, 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 you're good, you're good. Um, you competed on an episode of American Gladiators. Tell us about that as a married couple with your wife. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was cool, though. We, uh... Got our way onto the show with Hulk Hogan and Layla Ali were the hosts and experienced what, what that was like. It was a two week period where they shot these episodes and really got to see the behind the scenes stuff and it was kind of just insane and just a lot of fun. It was it was it was cool. I mean that was thirteen years ago, which blows my mind now now that I think about it. And last two questions. Out of your NCAA wrestling championships which one would you? Uh, which one was mem- most memorable to you out of your four NCAA? Well, no, sorry. Yeah, cha- you were Pac-10 cha- uh, champion out of Arizona State. I don't really know your question. I didn't win the NCAA, so I think you're mocking me at this point because I lost. No, uh, I, I was, uh, you were Pac-10 conference champion out of Arizona State in 97, 98. Yeah. Good times. Good times, huh? Yeah. My last question to you is, any uh, any fights you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, yeah, Jake Paul and, uh, and, and uh, Floyd Mayweather. No, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. Jake Paul and... Those are the big fights. Those are the ones I watch now. Yeah, you, 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 you want, you want, <laughs> you want. I don't care. Yeah, no, I, I don't have any nothing, nothing on the horizon. I'm thinking about just anytime someone that I know, I, I make sure I tune in and I, watch. I, 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 I would just, I, I just want to see the Pauls get knocked out. I mean, that's all. I don't. Why? Because 
they're amazing at what they do. They no, they're, not, they're not bad athletes either. They can't fight. They can't what? fight. They're undefeated. They're undefeated. <laughs> I, I, I get that, but I mean, come on. I mean, you're going to... You, you got to come with a little more than come on. I mean, Floyd, Floyd they're, good, they're, good, they're good fighters. They're trained. They're getting out there. Floyd Mayweather, we'll I mean, you're going, you up, can against, want, you're going can, up against you the greatest boxer of all time. You think you're going to win? Wait, what? You're going up... You One of the Pauls is going up against the greatest boxer of all time in Mayweather. You, yeah. think, you, you, you honestly think you got what it takes to win? Come on. Well, he's got him by 50 pounds. That's going to make, that's going to be a, a, a big difference. Um, there, it's some weird rules where they're not actually going to score. There's no judging. So I don't know if there's a win or loss, but I'm sure someone's going to try to knock someone out. I don't know. They're what, 12 ounce gloves? Yeah. 16 ounce gloves, like something that, yeah. like that. Yeah. There's some crazy rules, but. Yeah. They're, they're not bad athletes. Like it's not like you're seeing, you know. They 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 both. I think they both wrestled. I know the older one wrestled in high school, and so he's kind of got that kind of work ethic. I think um, they're good at what they do, and that's that's getting attention from people like you who want to see him lose. <laughs> that like, I, I guess you're right on that. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, no, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I think they're knuckleheads and they do dumb stuff, but <laughs> I, I don't hate him that much. Uh, but. I do thank you for your time. It was awesome. I'll let you go. Um, right, your, your partner, your partner never showed. <laughs> you, I know it's it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, you're more than welcome to come on anytime you want. I got cool, your con- you. I got your contact info, um, and yeah, it was fun. I hope you had fun too. Yeah, man. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yep. You have a good night. Later. Bro. Later. Aaron Simpson, everybody. That concludes episode number 30. You all have a good night. Take care.